Hello, everyone. It's Jerry at the Fledge. Welcome to Season 2, Episode 40 of Every Damn Day. And today we've got our great friend Siham with us. And we are going to be talking about being a newcomer in the U.S., uh, growing up or growing up partly on the south side, and uh, the new exciting uh, foreign house uh, project that you have going. So how are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thank you for having me. Of course. Um, we are masked today to be safe, and uh, COVID is a real thing. So we'll try to speak up as much as we can into the mic here. Uh, so let's start out. Tell us about you. Okay, well, um, my name is Siham, and I am what is it, currently a junior at Michigan State University. I am double majoring in media information of concentration and films and um, pre-law through James Madison. I'm also double minoring, so I got a lot of things going on. Um, but yeah, so I immigrated into the United States back in 2010. I was about nine years old. Um, we came from the, the refugee camps um, in Sudan. My family is a survivor of Darfur genocide. That's one of the reasons why yeah. you know, we came here. We flee a country in order to you know, protect our lives and find new opportunities. Yeah. So how was, can we talk about like being nine years old and coming to the U.S. and coming to Lansing? Mm -hmm. What was that process like? Was it easy was it difficult was it what what was that experience so originally when we came um into the united states we actually um settled in omaha nebraska that's where they um put us and it's interesting because in you know in in africa you know when people talk about um america you know they talk about it like it's just like you know this like heavenly place um so when we came in we thought we were just resting because you know it, because the flight was too long. So my mom was like, after like a week, my mom was like, um, "Okay, so I'm ready to go to America now," because <laughs> <laughs> she didn't know we were already in America. And then they were like, um, "We are already in America." <laughs> so it was interesting, but no, um, just coming in. It was it was a lot to get used to because the people looked different, and where I'm from, you know, everyone was were Muslim and pretty much everyone were black, you know? Um, so coming in and then just seeing a lot of people who are just different. Um, it was just, you know, amazing because now you get to see people who are, you know, like just different and it was just this diversity. Um, but I, when I came in, I did not know English at all. Like I couldn't speak English. So that was hard to get used to, but I, 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 I love, you know, challenging myself and learning new things. So. It was a challenge that I was excited to um, take part of. Yeah. yeah. And does that seem like a really long time ago? It was over half your life ago. Yeah. Um, it, it, it feels a long time ago, but it also does not feel like a long time ago. Um, only because if it was a long time ago, you know, I could sit here and say, you know what, you know, we, I, I survived the Darfur genocide and there's so many people who survived the Darfur genocide. But it's just, it doesn't it's, it doesn't feel like a long time ago because the Darfur genocide, even though no longer mentioned in the news, it's something right. that continues to happen every single day. People are still dying. Um, and 
my family was very fortunate to be able to come here, but there's a lot of people who were not, you know, fortunate enough to come here. We have all of our family there, just me, my sisters, my brothers, and my mom that came. All of our other family members are there. So just seeing all the people over there suffering is just heartbreaking. Um, and it just shows that, you know, there's a lot that needs to be done for us to say, you know, that was a long time ago. Yeah. Are there, so the camps are still there? They're still populated? Mm -hmm. Yeah, the and... camps are still populated. Um, in the camps that, you know, I grew up in. It, it, so my family and I actually created a nonprofit organization called Negro Foundation. And my mother, through our nonprofit organization, goes there every single, um, every eight, six months um, to be able to distribute products and just humanitarian aid. Um, and we do what we can to assist um, the people who are still struggling because we know what it's like to struggle because we came from there. So we want to be able to help them and alleviate their struggles a little bit. Um, so yeah, we're just doing whatever we can. You've uh, you've talked to me twice about your mother mm -hmm. and she sounds like just the most amazing woman, um, but part because she's raised such an amazing mm -hmm. daughter. Um, <laughs> Do what? What's one thing? You know, there's a lot of heartache here. There's mm -hmm. a lot of pain. There's a lot of suffering, and there's a lot of injustice mm -hmm. that has happened. What? What's one thing that you've kind of taken away that you think is ingrained in you that kind of drives your passion that from before you came to the U.S. when you were still in the refugee camp? Mm -hmm. So when I was, you know, living in the refugee camps, I think it, I, I do remember, you know, some, some, you know, some days clear um, to this day where, you know, I, I just didn't know what the future was like, what was the future was going to be like, um, because I didn't know anything, you know, other than the refugee camps. Um, prior to living in the refugee camps, we um, lived um, in, in, you know, like a, a, a village. Um, and then prior to living to that village, we lived in another village where it was burned down completely. So like we literally watched our homes, you know, burn down to the ground. Um, and then we had to flee just running. Um, we had to walk for days in order to get to this other village. Um, so going to the refugee camps, I thought that was my new normal um, because I didn't know anything, you know, other than you know, all the struggles that we went through. So going into um, the village um, and then eventually coming here, I just learned that one of the quotes um, that I go by now is life is 10% what happens to you and 90% how you react to it. Um, everyone has a story, everyone goes through a struggle, but you can't let your um, struggles and everything that you go through really define you, but rather using that as a motivation to turn, you know, turn your life around. So because of that, you know, I, I've, I, one of the reasons why I'm going to law school is because I want to be a president of Sudan someday in order to, you know, take back, you know, the power and really give it to the people and just put this, all this political unrest to rest and unite, unite the, the community um, and give people their land back. So everything that I've gone through, it has been, you know, um, a motivation for me to um, do, do what I can to assist people and really just I found my purpose in everything that I went through. Yeah. Did you, so first of all, I'm very honored to have the future president of Sudan uh, on the show today. Uh, I believe in you. Thank you. I mean, you have, uh, what, did you have dreams when you were in the camp about what 
you said you kind of thought this was your new normal. Yeah. What did you want to be? What did you want to do? See, the thing about it is when I was in the camp, I didn't, I didn't dream because I didn't know what it was like to dream. Um, I didn't know, you know, what life outside of the camps entails. So I didn't know. And I, you know, I didn't see any dreamers, you know, anybody else doing um, amazing things and just going out there. So because I was not exposed to dreamers and I didn't know what life outside of those camps entailed, I didn't know how to dream. So I didn't dream. Um, it's, it was only until I came into the United States that I was able to dream and say, wow, there's so many possibilities, you know, and I could, you know, become whoever I want to be. Um, but living in the camps, my mom was married at the age of 13 um, and had me at the age of 15. And I thought that was going to be it, you know. The only thing you know I could hope for you know was to be able to get married to a um, a you know good man and you know be a good housewife. But other than that, I didn't know anything else. Yeah, that uh, you, I'm all about dreams and the American dream. That sometimes you know I look at it and I think like what you said. Where's America at? Mm -hmm. the, it's this other thing. You you know maybe you're thinking New York City and you're thinking mm -hmm. the hustle and the bustle and everybody. I don't know, golden paved streets yeah. or whatever. Um, but the American dream isn't always here. Mm -hmm. And so you came to Lansing and growing up on the South side, maybe you've seen some of that, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. So now that you're here, tell us your dream. Tell us about foreign house. Uh, yeah, foreign house. Wow. So I think many, you know, people oftentimes ask me, well, you know, like, how did you come up with the idea? And it's just, you know, different events leading up to um, different things. It eventually, you know, prompted me to um, start Foreign House. But I think I started Foreign House because I oftentimes felt like, you know, I wasn't worthy or I wasn't good enough. Um, and I know that, you know, that a lot of people feel like that, like, you know, they're just not, you know, good enough or they're not worthy enough or, you know, they just, you know, don't have value. Um, and I remember during this, um, during, in August, back in August, I actually did uh, a pageant for the first time in my life. <laughs> um, I, it, it was interesting because, you know, I never really, you know, watching pageants, I never really, you know, felt like that was a space for me because when you think about pageants, you get that, you know, very typical look of what a pageant, you know, girl should look like. And I just didn't fit into any of those categories. Um, and then when I went, I remember, um, you know, during the orientation, I was sitting in front of, um, you know, uh, I was sitting with all the contestants who were, you know, competing for the same title. And I was just sitting there. I was like, Sihan, what are you doing here? You don't belong in here. I mean, everyone, you know, every girl looked like, you know, they belonged on the cover of a magazine, you know, and they were tall, skinny. And I, you know, I looked, you know, different. I was only hijabi too. Um, so just looking at everyone, I just, it was, I wanted to be invisible at that space. I literally just wanted to be invisible. I, I just wanted to, you know, do whatever I can to disappear from that space um, because, I just didn't feel like um, I was pretty enough or, you know, you know, just worthy enough to be in that space and, you know, in front of all those contestants. Um, but I, it was just going through it and not, my biggest highlight was not falling on stage <laughs> because prior to, um, I, it, prior, a week prior to, you know, competing on that stage, I was still learning to walk in heels. <laughs> so just going in there. Um, and then making it in, um, making it to the top, you know, 15, and then winning Miss Congeniality. I was like, Sandra, who? Sandra Bullock, who? <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> but um, 
one how it's really is about you know well i want to say one thing oh, about you you uh gave me the honor and the people in the one and all cohort you mm -hmm. showed us the video uh last week of yeah. you being in that pageant and you were your beauty just shined through and your confidence shined through and i would have never guessed watching that video mm -hmm. that that's what you were thinking leading up to it yeah. and i just think you're amazing and actually everyone out who's watching and commenting uh is saying the same thing right now by the way so i interrupted you on foreign house no but worries. i wanted to no. say that was super impressive mm -hmm. and must have been very affirming mm -hmm. for you to say okay now i can do anything mm -hmm. yeah you know, the saying goes, you know, sometimes you have to fake it until you make it. And I was on that stage faking it like I knew exactly <laughs> what I was doing. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, it was just interesting. You know, um, I, you know, after the pageant, you know, I had a lot of people, you know, reaching out to me and just say, you know, how, you know, I was inspiring them and stuff like that. And it was like, your confidence, you know, I, I want to be as confident as you. I'm like, if only you knew what I was thinking of the day before <laughs> the pageant. But it's just about, you know, knowing that you belong in any space, um, it's you know everyone has a seat at the table you know you belong in any space that you put yourself into you know um we oftentimes doubt ourselves and really just become um a worst enemy um so we have to give ourselves a chance um it, it, before we doubt ourselves because we are capable of more than we know so we have to give ourselves you know um a pat in the back whenever we do good and just just know that we are worthy. We, you know, we belong in any space. Um, we are worthy. We are beautiful in our own ways. We are all unique in our own ways. Um, so. I, uh, you know, I asked you to do this show about 30 minutes ago and you jumped right on it. And I just, I love everything about you. I love the way you think. I love what you're doing. I love your passion. Uh, what, what's the vision here? What's the big dream with the foreign house? Um, cause I didn't know there was a bigger dream of being mm -hmm. the president of the Sudan of Sudan until mm -hmm. just now. Yeah. Um, what's the dream? What's the foreign house going to look like? So eventually I do want foreign house to be, you know, like a large company, you know, like this, like Disney, you know? Um, but really with foreign house, I want to be able to, you know, um, make space for all voices to be heard and cr create a pathway for others as well, because it's, it's, you know, everyone is, you know, has the right to dream um, and everyone, you know, has the right to, you know, you know, to pursue those dreams and making it make it a reality. But we oftentimes, you know, don't dream because we just don't feel like our dreams are, you know, worthy or our dreams are valuable enough. Um, with Foreign House, I wanted to make, what is it called? Not only promote diversity and inclusion and unite different people together, but also say that, we are different, we are unique in our own ways, but guess what, you know, you know, that's what's special about us. We don't have to be, um, we don't have to be, you know, this exact same to appreciate or, or you know, appreciate each other. Um, so with Foreign House, it's really just about, you know, um, celebrating diversity, celebrating um, and uniting different people and creating pathways. So in the, in the future, I do want it to be like a large corporation with different um, companies, um, intact different um elements that make up the whole company a lot of times people say well what is your um like what is your what is your like your exit plan that's you know that people always want to know what, what's your exit plan and i tell them who said i'm looking for an exit plan you know i mean i don't need an exit plan you know um but 
I know that coming from Sudan, there is, you know, a huge lack of uh, the film industry because, you know, it's it's a Muslim country. Um, and because of, you know, like the, the culture and everything like that, there just there's just a lack of opportunity for people who are planning on, you know, wanting to break into those like entertainment industries and stuff like that. So what I want to do is, you know, make Foreign House global and then you know, also have, you know, like production companies in like Sudan and different countries as well to really provide opportunities for people and really just, you know, um, showcase the diversity and tell different stories um, and just yeah. inclusivity. What Would you mind uh, sharing your tagline with us? Yeah, I love so, it. <laughs> foreign House, you know, our tagline is changing the narrative from me to us. In a world, you know, full of humans, we are lacking humanity. We fail to accept others for who they are and create these boxes and labels and judge them when they do not fit into those labels. Um, and it's, it, it just, it's just tiring. So with Foreign House, it's just, you know, it's saying that, you know, in order to be, in order to make a change, we have to be the change that we want to see because we are an agent of change. So change doesn't just, you know, begins when, you know, someone else starts to change, but change really begins with us. So we have to be the change that we want to see. And with Foreign House, we are being the change that we want to see. We want more inclusivity, we want more diversity. So what? We're going to make it happen. We're not going to wait for others to say, you know what, you know, like big corporations say, you know what? Well, we want a more diversity, so we'll hire more people, you know, to make the environment more diversity. No, you know what? You can, you know, do whatever you need to do, but we are also going to do whatever we need to do in order to make room for everyone to be heard. Yeah, you have a, a much more authentic mm -hmm. uh, purpose and mission and method of doing that. You mm -hmm. can't just zap and say, we're diverse. That mm -hmm. doesn't change the fabric of the mm -hmm. culture yeah, yeah. of a company or a corporation mm -hmm. or a community for yeah, that matter. Yeah. Uh, how we're going to actually address some of the things on the screen in a little bit. And I appreciate the comments and the questions. Uh, but how, first of all, where are you at with Foreign House? Eight million followers on TikTok with the collective mm -hmm. is a pretty impressive thing to do. I can't get above 640 yet. <laughs> um, how'd you do all that? How'd you uh, make that happen? It's interesting, you know, when I first started working on Foreign House, um, I, I, I almost wanted to give up because I didn't think, you know, anyone would listen to me or anyone would, you know, um, un, you know, un, take, take, um, you know, like would be as passionate about Foreign House as I am. Um, so I started working on it um, during my sophomore year um, when we were in the pandemic and we were, you know, just doing everything online. Um, but I had to, you know, do a lot of reaching out, but it's just, it was just so amazing to get my first yes. My first yes came from Dryan, who is um, from the Philippines, and he just does a lot of makeup, you know. I'll, I'll, yeah. I'll send you his, you know, like um, his um, information. He has like now over 400,000, you know, on um, Instagram alone. Um, but it's, you know, it, that first yes just really just motivated me to keep on going like, okay, you know what? And it's just so interesting because many of the artists and artists and influencers that we have came in without you know any paycheck just because they believed in the mission and vision and they really wanted to be you know a part of something that really was here to make a change. And any of these could have been a part of a different content house like Hype House or 
um, you know, like these other houses, like the, the limited edition, but they just chose to be a part, part of foreign house. Um, and it was just, it, it's just amazing. And the the parents who were just so proud of their, their kids because they were part of foreign house and they wanted to, you know, even start like their own Facebook page called, you know, foreign house moms. And it's just, it's just so amazing just to be able to be at a point where um, I have so many people who believe in, you know, in the mission and the vision. Um, and that, that's, it, it's just so amazing. And it's, it just inspires me each and every single day to be be able to continue on this and work on it. Yeah. I'm going to stop there for a second and just put this comment up on the screen. Our good friend, Daryl, he's uh does a lot of work with the unhoused in the St. Louis area. Mm -hmm. um, very, very good person there um, saying she will be the president of Sudan. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if all 8 million people could vote, 8 million votes could win that, couldn't it? Yeah. Um, so thank you for that comment, Daryl. Um, what, as you're, uh, well, I'm sorry, I'm losing track a little bit of what I was going to say. Here's what my thought is. My thought is we see a lot of people in Lansing that are on the news all the time, you know, whether it's the mayor or it's city council or it's some, you know, big corporation person. My thought is that our big, famous, powerful people are hidden right now mm -hmm. and you want to give them a voice. Mm -hmm. how, how can we start to help you? What's that look like? Like if I wanted to do something for you today or Daryl or Chris or the champ, Joe Walker, who is out there commenting, mm -hmm. how can we help you? How can we support you? Um, well, right now we are trying to acquire a building, the old um, Maple Grove Elementary School, because it's been abandoned for quite a while now. So um, if we are able to um, get that building, it's going to take a lot of money to be able to renovate that building and make it into our own studio. So we are trying to start a GoFundMe site um, to be able to do that. And not only that, but just sharing our story um, and just just believing in us. Um, it the more you know, the more people know about us, you know, the more we're able to you know get support. So sharing our story, sharing you know, foreign house, um, and then just supporting us by donating whatever you can. So um, are you going to make it to My your dream? dream? Oh, that's not a doubt. <laughs> <laughs> that is not a doubt for sure. I already knew the answer <laughs> to that when I asked it. You know, the, the, I love the quote that you have, you know, outside, you know, that says, you know, act like success is in, inevitable. I mean, success is inevitable as long as I'm working, uh, you know, on my dreams and missions, I know I will make it, you know nobody's yeah. gonna stop me you know it, i have a dream and my dream has to come out you know so i'm gonna work out until i do make it possible should we give a small shout out to leap and the one and all program yes definitely tell I, us about that um so you know it's it the leap in the one and all is a new organization which i didn't know existed um until recently but it's you know a program that helps um entrepreneurs here in the Lansing area to be able to expand their businesses or if they're you know working on their startup business to be able to provide them with the resources necessary to be able to start their um, business and this is incredible because Lansing one of the big things you know I always hear on the Lansing news you know if it's not about you know the city officials is you know the, the gun violence about you know just all the negativity that's going on so it's 
it really empowering to be able to see, you know, all these different people who are doing all these different things in order to put Lansing on the horizon and provide new opportunities for, you know, Lansing residents. And the fact that, you know, Deep and One and All is, you know, taking a step and able in a, um, giving the people an ability to actually do that is amazing. Yeah. And I'm so, when I saw your name on the list in the cohort, <laughs> I was so happy. I was so very happy. Yeah. Originally when I applied for it, I didn't know what it was. I just applied for it because, you know, I thought it was like one of those grants and I'm like, you know, I just need a scholarship at this point, you know? So that's apply. That's why I applied for it. And then coming in and then really thinking about what the program is, I'm like, this is exactly, you know, what we need yeah. right now. Daryl had, uh, uh, mentioned about the uh, James Madison uh, part of MSU and you being part of that, mm -hmm. but you're also part of the Burgess Institute. And I think we should give a shout out to some people over there as yeah. well. Yeah, definitely. And I'm, you know, giving a shout out to Paul. Um, he, he's incredible. Um, and then Lori Fisher. Um, they've, they've been nothing but supportive to me. And then also Sheila. Um, Sheila is a mentor that was given to me by the Burgess Institute. Um, and she's been, you know, meeting with me every single Wednesday and just helping me refine my mission and find my vision. Uh, and so it's just incredible to have all these different people supporting me um, in order to make my dream come alive. Do you think that we as a community have done a good job in welcoming you here and including and accepting and getting you involved? Is Lansing a good place? I think Lansing is an incredible place, you know, despite, you know, I, I feel like there was just, you know, that lack of opportunities, but overall Lansing is definitely a great place. I went to Everett High School and the diversity at Everett was just incredible. I mean, it, you know, there was, you know, students, you know, ranging, you know, it, from 80 different countries. Um, so it, I, it's just, Lansing is as diverse as they come, so. Yeah. yeah. And uh, even today, I, I can't, uh, I won't say his name, but you met a gentleman that's new, a newcomer from Afghanistan. Mm -hmm. And he's got an amazing story too. I hope he comes on the show and tells it as well. Mm -hmm. But you two immediately had a connection. And I just, I loved seeing that today because it was, you can be an example for him. Mm -hmm. And he's been in war for 15 years. He's survived quite a bit. Mm -hmm. uh, Y'all are amazing. And we're so lucky to have people from all over the world that have experienced what you're experienced, which I'm very sorry that's happened, but we're lucky to get you here. Mm -hmm. um, is there a path back to the Sudan? That's, uh, you know, how does one, uh, our friend Chris Pruitt, how does a Sudanese refugee that is not happy here in the U.S. get to go home? And what he's asking, it's for somebody else. I know who he's talking about. Mm -hmm. um, is there a path to go home? Is it the right time for someone to go home? Right now is definitely not the right time to go home because of um, all of the like the political unrest. There's been, you know, there's just a lot of process and everything that's going on. My mother just came from Sudan. She actually went to um, do like our six month um, humanitarian aid for Nigeria Foundation. Um, but she ended up coming back early because she was in an accident. Um, mm -hmm. she, um, she was hit by a motorcycle when she was crossing the street. So she ended up breaking her right arm. So she had to come here to get the surgery. But it's just when she went to Sudan, the, the first day that she went to Sudan, 
she actually had to stay in a hotel before she can go to her family's house because the roads were all closed due to the the political uh, protests. So right now there's just too much going on in order for you to you know go there and be safe, and especially if you are you know like a foreigner. I'm now now you're a foreigner, you know, because now you're here yeah. in uh, in the U.S. And if you go there with all the political unrest, you are going to be a target. Um, so I wouldn't recommend anyone going until everything's situated. Yeah, your mother's very brave. <laughs> what uh so everyone's loving what you're saying and loving your story right now what would you like to take us out with what would you like to what's something we can do to help what's something that we should be doing different as a community to be better and do better um it's just you know it, the, if you want to see change you have to you have to hold yourself accountable and really just be the change that you want to see. You can't expect others to make a change um, that you want to see until you start making that change. So let us all be an agent of change. Let us all be more accepting of others um, and really just um, be better humans. Um, that's all I could say. All right, and I just I'm gonna put Daryl up again. Uh... One more quick way, because I think he summarized uh, what my thoughts have been. She has already done more in her short life and endured more greater hardships than me. She has proven to be unstoppable. This project is not as hard as what she had to go had to do to get here. So you're already trained. You're already there. This is already happening. It's just happening in a future that we're not at. Yeah. yeah thank you. So yeah, for me, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I, now that I came here, I have been a dreamer. I mean, I'm not letting anything stop me, you know? And for me, I like to see, I like to create a big picture and then, you know, and then kind of humble myself and say, you know what, what can I do to get to that big picture? I remember when I went to high school, my biggest picture was to be valedictorian. I mean, that was my absolute goal, you know, in high school. Um, and then once I, I had, I knew what goal I had in mind, I was like, okay, you know what, now what, what can I do to, you know, in order to get to that, you know, steady hard, you know, uh, making sure, you know, I'm getting good grades. I mean, and four years later, I did end up becoming, becoming the valedictorian. So it's just, I, I, I'm not letting anything, you know, I, I've, you know, gone through so much, so much, you know, and for me, it's just what really inspires me is is the people you know the people who are so struggling in Sudan and then also you know just the the inequality here and in, you know um, in America that we see so it's just I found my purpose and everything and I want to do my part in order to make you know the world a better place of course I can't you know make the change the world by myself it's gonna take all of us uh, but I am uh, making my mark into that and I hope that everyone else um, takes a step and really just um, make, leave their footprint by doing what they can in order to make the world what we want to be. It was an honor to have you on the show. Thank you so very much. I don't need to say anything more than what you just said. Thank you. Love you all. We'll see you tomorrow on Every Damn Day. Uh, great show. Thank you. Great show.